When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined, as always, by Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. And we continue through this week leading up to the Steelers game. And, you know, again, Mary Kay, this is just another day where uh, the the Steelers game and all the stakes and and everything took a back seat. This was our first opportunity to hear some Browns players and, of course, Kevin Stefanski address uh, the the Demar Hamlin situation. You've got a couple stories up on Cleveland.com uh, about it. Uh, I know Ashley has a column up. I'm I'm working on one, and it, it's just you can just sense that this is just hanging over everything. You know, even for a team that isn't directly connected to it. You know, I mean, we ask guys about injuries that occur and things that happen all the time, and and you get you know, the typical answers, but then you kind of move on to football stuff. Obviously, this is not a typical injury. Um, You could just sense, though, hearing from Greg Newsome, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Kevin Stefanski, that this is just on the front of everyone's minds right now. It really is. And first and foremost, everybody, of course, uh, their primary focus is on Jamar Hamlin's well-being, that's all anybody really, really cares about for the most part. And they're all uh, so upset about this and praying about it. But uh, there is another component to this, and that is, uh uh-oh, how do I make sure this doesn't happen to me? And I'm sure their mothers are feeling that way. And their girlfriends are feeling that way. And other family members are feeling that way. And they're feeling that way themselves. And even though they don't want to think about that, and it's a horrible thing to have to even ponder, uh, that there's there's probably no way to avoid thinking that, um, or at least having it cross your mind. And that's because they don't know why it happened. They, they don't know why he collapsed and had a cardiac arrest on the field. And I'm sure they have a lot of questions, and I'm sure they're getting some great answers. But right now, there aren't many answers. Nobody knows exactly why this happened. And it's scary. And there is a sobering reality that that it it could happen to one of them. And I think that's hanging over their heads, too. Yeah, Ashley, I think that that is sort of what stuck out today is these players acknowledge all the time that the football is a violent game. And, you know, J.C. Treader was here and he always talked about that, you know, there's a 100 percent injury rate in the NFL. And, you know, we've seen it this year, how players get hurt. And, you know, you know, that's part of the game and there's always that acknowledgement of it, but this certainly jarred players to a, to a different spot because normally when we're talking about injuries, we're talking about a guy hurts his knee and he'll be back in this time frame. And, but, but to see a player collapse and they're doing chest compressions on the field and he's in critical condition at a hospital still, as we're recording this, it, it just jarred. You can tell it just jarred everyone. Yeah. And it's so for as common as injuries are in this league, right? Like it's really rare that an injury or a 
medical emergency in this case reverberates across the league, that it starts impacting other teams, teams that weren't even playing that game and players who don't know the player who's involved. We've never, I think, seen anything like this, that it's takes over the discussion of, of the day even. And this is probably going to, we talked about it yesterday, take over the week in a lot of ways. And, you know, these guys said there haven't been any discussions about not wanting to play this game that's coming up on Sunday, the season finale. But, you know, I'll be really curious to kind of just see how the rest of this week plays out across the league. And if we do hear those discussions pop up more and more, I saw before we jumped on here that Joe Burrow said he knows that Bengals players were having side conversations about, hey, I don't know if I want to play this game against the Ravens this weekend. And that he he's felt like, well, I personally want to play, but I know these conversations were going on in his locker room. So I do think like there is this wide effect that, yes, when, when a normal injury happens, if a guy tears his ACL, it's, it's horrible and his teammates, of course, feel bad for him, but it doesn't have the kind of impact that this had. It's just so unprecedented. Now, Mary Kay, I... You know, I guess outside of hearing guys talk today, it did feel a little bit normal. And, and I guess some of that comes from, you know, again, the Browns weren't directly connected to this. They weren't one of the teams on the field. Um, there doesn't seem to be a connection on, on the roster to DeMar Hamlin. So it does feel like maybe kind of getting back to work sort of, it, it doesn't clear their minds of it, but it kind of, creates a sense of normalcy. Obviously, Bills and Bengals players are, are coming back very slowly, and uh, no Bills players were made available today. A couple Bengals players were. Um, but, you know, on the practice field, it felt fairly normal for what we were able to watch. In the locker room, outside of the press conferences, it felt somewhat normal, again, based on, on what we see in that small window of time. But, again, still, you can't help but think that each step of this process, so they might get three days of practice in and you start to feel normal by Friday. Then you get to Sunday and it's like, oh, now I got to play a game and mm-hmm. I got to play against another team that, you know, isn't going to take care of me like like that other, like my teammates will in a practice. And this is like the real thing. This is like real bullets flying here now, now in this situation. And so I think each step of this becomes, you know, difficult to kind of get through. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest reasons why it's so difficult right now um, is the fact that even though the Bills put out an announcement today saying that DeMar Hamlin has made some progress, the truth of the matter is these players still don't know if he's going to make it. They're all hoping and praying, as we all are hoping, uh, that he pulls through this and that he makes it. But it's it's the absolute unknown if if he's going to perhaps not make it. And I think that that's a really, really difficult thing for these guys to grapple with. I mean, if he, for some reason, you know, if it doesn't go the way everybody hopes that it goes, it's going to be really, really very challenging uh, for, for these guys to get back out there. I, I don't know what, I don't know what they're going, I don't know what they would do at that point. I just, I don't know what they would do hoping against hope that that obviously doesn't happen. And I think it is very encouraging that he did make some progress throughout the night and yesterday. So let's hope that that continues. But I think that's part of the angst for these guys is just not knowing. And um, 
And then the other part of it, well, as far as getting back out there and having some normalcy return, um, Kevin Stefanski does a really good job of uh, guiding this football team through turbulent waters. And there have been some things that have happened since a number of things that have happened since he took this job. This is his third season now. I mean, they, they had to get through COVID lockdowns and shutdowns and testing and all the craziness of that. And just the constant positive tests and not knowing who's playing and 20 guys testing positive this week and not knowing if your quarterback's going to be able to play the game, Uh, you know, not tragic, but certainly, you know, something where he had to pull them back together and get them focused. Um, He had to pull them together through uh, some really, really difficult times of social injustice. I mean, he, you know, those were hard, hard times uh, a couple of years ago to try to help these guys get their minds on football when, you know, when they were so worried about, you know, the lives of, um, you know, minorities and, their family members and themselves in so many cases. And um, that was a very difficult time. And he had to pull them through all of that. And so he has some experience in getting these guys through the tough times. And today he even said, and I used it, you know, in, in my headline when I did the Kevin Stefanski part, and it was, yes, first and foremost, we're thinking about DeMar Hamlin and praying for him, but then we're also going to do our jobs. And that's what they did. They went out onto the practice field today and they had to do their jobs. And these guys, you know, he, he knows how to help them compartmentalize and to go out there and, and take care of business as professionals, because that's what you have to do. I mean, that is absolutely what you have to do. There are times in a player's lives, many players' lives, where they've got a sick family member or a parent, you know, a parent uh, who is, you know, struggling or even worse. And, and somehow they have to go out and get the job done. And I think that that's one of the reasons why they really like Kevin Stefanski and why they hired him in the first place is because of his ability to lead men, his ability as a leader. And I think that's, you know, one of his tremendous strong suits. And I think that's why you will see them as they go throughout the week providing that DeMar Hamlin continues to make good progress, Kevin will bring it back to football increasingly as they move towards Pittsburgh. Yeah, Ashley, there's, there's sort of a semantics um, thing that, that Kevin is doing. And listen, he's a communications major from Penn. Um, so he knows, he knows what he's doing. And for him today, it was, you know, first of all, it was about DeMar it was about supporting his players and making sure they had people to talk to professionals and also just him and and whoever they needed to talk to. But when it did come to football, there was a lot of talk of we have a job to do. And that's sometimes what you have to do is just focus on this fact that, you know, I I think we, I think people can forget it because it's, you know, it's a football game, but this is, this is literally these guys is nine to five. This is just what they do. And, and I thought, I thought that was probably pretty intentional by Kevin today, the way that he talked about practicing and then also a game on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what Kevin does when he talks to us 
is intentional, even when he's not saying much or giving us much. I think that's very much for a reason. Um, and I think that today that that message was for a reason, right? I think that's also what he's kind of hammering home to the players. I mean, they've obviously provided them, you know, we know they've, they've brought in outside resources for them to, to have somebody to talk to. He said they, they did that pretty quickly and let them know that that was going to be available to them. Um, players that can talk to him, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they have to, it's a cliche, but deal with the week that's in front of them. And, and like Mary Kay said, I think the scary thing with the whole DeMar Hamlin situation is the fact that there are so many unknowns. And if you do have a medical situation like this, there's no, you know, deadline of when you're going to find out like, oh, you know, on Wednesday, we'll find out whether he's going to be okay or not. Like, that's just not how life works. That's not how this stuff works. Um, So they, all they can do is prepare to play this game as best they can and provide these players with the resources that they need. If they feel like they need to talk to somebody um, for their own mental health or, you know, anxiety, things like that, then that's available to them. But yeah, the Steelers are waiting for them on Sunday regardless. So they kind of have to go about their business and, and try as best as they can to compartmentalize this, you know, terribly traumatic situation that's traumatic, I think, across the league. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, and then on the other side, let's actually talk a little bit about the Steelers and, and this game. And back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. All right, let's pivot here um, on a Thursday, and we're you know we're going to be recording our preview pod a little later today. So, uh, kind of turning our mindset here to the Steelers, Mary Kay. This is a pretty important game. Well, this is a very important game for Pittsburgh, obviously with playoff implications. For the Browns, it is an opportunity to play spoiler and and Miles Garrett. Was it after the game on Sunday when, when he said something like they live for moments like this? Mm-hmm. Um, Miles, I think you live for moments like making the playoffs. But still, I understand what he what he was saying. How much of a motivator, and, and obviously all of this changes with, with the situation we just talked about, but how much of a motivator do you think that actually is, is for the Browns to, to be going to their rival stadium with a chance to, to keep them out of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not as good as going in there with the chance to make the playoffs, but it gives them something to play for, right? I mean, when you looked at the game last year, the season finale last year between the Browns and the Bengals, I mean, that was the epitome of a meaningless game, right? I mean, the Bengals rested. Uh, They were headed to the playoffs, and they rested most of their starters And, you know, it just kind of had a meh vibe to it. Uh, But this is going to be very, very intense. It's going to be very intense. Um, The Steelers have a lot at stake, obviously. Uh, They've got TJ Watt back from his injury. And even as Kevin Stefanski noted today that, um, you know, that he looks like his old self. And that's scary because we know what he did last year when they sacked Baker Mayfield nine times four of those coming from T.J. Watt. We also know that Jack Conklin didn't practice today with his ankle injury, and it could be James Hudson again at right tackle. So these are some of the things to watch. We know how good Casey Hayward is. Uh, they they have other – Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, we know how good he is and some of these other defenders that the that the Steelers have. They just know how to how to play defense, and they are going to – I'm sure rise to the occasion. This is going to be their first crack at Deshaun Watson. 
And I think they're going to want to give him a not so warm welcome to the AFC North, right? And he does have a tendency to hang onto the ball a little bit too long because he wants to make a play. He got sacked five times last week, four in the first half. So this is going to be another really formidable defensive front that they're going against. And everybody's going to have to be on point. And it's not going to be easy against these guys, especially if it's James Hudson in there for for Jack Conklin. And so I think there's a lot at stake. And then and then you've got this upstart rookie in, in Kenny Pickett who has just come on like gangbusters over the last couple of weeks. And I'm still marveling uh, at that touchdown drive that he put together and that amazing play to beat the Ravens. That was just tremendous. So I think there's, you know, there are a lot of storylines. There's, you know, there's a lot going on. We haven't been able to really focus on it too much yet. We barely talked about the game to the players today. Um, But, you know, there's a lot happening in this game on Sunday. Ashley, I've always felt like when you look at the, the AFC North rivalries, the one team that has really relished beating the Browns, and I think, look, a lot of that goes back to Big Ben uh, and, and the Browns passing on him. But I've just always felt the one team that like never wanted to give up their big brother status and just relished beating this team was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like For as dominant as they have been in the rivalry, they never let it not be a rivalry. I, that's just always the sense I've gotten. Yeah, it's like almost commendable. It feels wrong to say that, right? But like a lot of times when a rivalry is this lopsided, like it's not really a rivalry at that point anymore. Um, It's just about the team that's winning. Uh, But it is true. And we kind of talk about this all the time with the Steelers, like regardless of how bad we think they are, regardless of what we think their final record's going to be, they're like cockroaches. Like they won't, they would survive like a nuclear apocalypse. I'm convinced that still somehow Mike Tomlin would escape with a winning record. And the reality is that's what's at stake for them this weekend. And he's never not gotten that in Pittsburgh. So I, I think they're, the Steelers certainly have more than just that playoff spot to play for. It's like the rivalry. It's his you know, standing as this amazing streak he's been on as a head coach. So I'm definitely, definitely curious. I'm going to have to think long and hard about who I pick in this game. And, and Mary Kay, you know, I'm sure, you know, for Mike Tomlin, this, you know, that winning record streak, I'm sure it matters a lot to him. And I just keep thinking, like, the one thing about Mike Tomlin is it really seems like players love playing for him. And he was on, um, what's I think it was The Pivot is the podcast that Ryan Clark is on. And, it, you know, he never does stuff like that, but he did it for those former players. And just to hear him talk, to hear them talk about him and, and the way he talks about players and coaching – I don't know how much it would matter in a lot of for a lot of other players and coaches, but I think it probably really matters for these players, whether they make the playoffs or not, to help Mike Tomlin keep that streak alive. I, I just think that's another layer to all of this. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he's been able to go all these years and never have a losing season. And it's because of the tremendous coach that he is. I love hearing his press conferences. I love hearing his mic'd up. I love the way that he talks to players. Uh, I just, I admire so many things about him. I just think he's a a tremendous person, a tremendous coach. And I do think that these guys want to run run through a wall for him. They know that he loves them. He genuinely, genuinely uh, really deeply cares about his players, and he loves them. And um, and I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think that 
uh, he probably also, in addition to wanting to, to get that winning record again, you know, I, I think there's, you know, there could be something to the notion that, you know, look what he's doing with Kenny Pickett for, for Pete's sake, a rookie quarterback who got off to a slow start. The Steelers themselves started off two and six. I barely paid any attention to them. And then all of a sudden they, they've won, I don't know, four of their last five or something like that. I'm not even sure what, what it is, but um, they, they, they went like two and six and two after starting two and six. And, um, and I think that there might be the added element of, you know what? I wasn't just a product of Ben Roethlisberger, the Hall of Fame quarterback. Look what I can do with Kenny Pickett, a rookie, right? So I, I think that the, I think there's some some of that to it too. And I'm telling you what, I don't know. I mean, that that young man looks like there's something special about him from just from watching that drive and that play. They could be onto something here, these Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett. It's it's interesting, and and that is a flawed team still on on the offensive side. But um, we know that they have a lot of weapons, and to see what he did, I mean, Ashley, I think it matters when a player. It kind of doesn't matter how he plays for those first three quarters or whatever. Obviously, you got to get that figured out. But um, you know, he's gotten better and better, and then to see him lead game winning drives, especially on Sunday Night Football, like with the entire nation watching, Chris Collinsworth going crazy, like. <laughs> there's just something about that 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 tells you something uh, about the player yeah I mean and he's done it in each of the last two games now right so I do think that's a huge part of how we talk about quarterbacks because for the longest time when Baker Mayfield was here what would we always say about Baker that can this guy lead an actual game-winning drive at some point so I think especially with a guy who, you know, was a weak quarterback class in that draft, which everyone knew, everyone thought, um, he may have had his issues or might have his issues earlier on in games, but I think they're willing to work with that because when the lights are on and the big stage is there, he goes out and performs. And, you know, I think on the broadcast for Sunday Night Football, when they were talking about that throw in real time, they were like, if this was a Patrick Mahomes throw, everyone would be going nuts. The throw would be going viral immediately, but like... Kenny Pickett made that kind of throw, and and it's true. Go go back and watch that that game winning drive if you haven't. At least that touchdown throw. Yeah, I, I mean the whole the, there was a throw to George Pickens. I don't remember if it was on that mm. drive or another one. Um, I mean, you just you just see it. Like this is this is a guy that I think a lot of people tried to dunk on in the draft process, and they kind of laughed at the pick. But um, the, the Steelers clearly saw something, and. You know, the thing about Mike Tomlin, Mary Case, he's going to coach guys up. Again, going Mm -hmm. back to that Pivot podcast, he had a really great kind of rant, not rant, but um, monologue, I guess, about coaching and, you know, his responsibility to coach guys up. And and if he's got a guy in his building, he's going to make sure that he gets coached up. And and we're seeing that with Kenny Pickett, that faith in him. Yeah, and then you couple that with their ability to pick players, and it's it's a dynamite combo, right? I mean, they they really know how to add really really good football players. You were talking about, uh, you know, some of the um, some of the plays that he made. He's connecting really well with Deontay Johnson, really too. Kenny Pickett is. Um, so you know, you've got George Pickens, you've got Deontay Johnson, you got Najee Harris, who's just like he is. I don't know. I mean, I, I saw him do some pretty incredible things in that game, including I wasn't it 
uh, uh, Najee who pushed uh, Kenny Pickett forward for the uh, for the first down. I think down. so. Yeah, like picked him. Didn't just push him. He like just picked, picked him, him up. up and carried him over the line. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's heads up, right? I mean, um, and that's heart and soul. So you know they've got a lot of good things going on over there. I've always admired the organization, even though in Cleveland we're supposed to hate everything about Pittsburgh, but it's it's hard not to admire what they do and how they get it done. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I I wrote about this a little bit the other day that you know Deshaun Watson has landed in a pretty darn good uh, quarterback division. My goodness, Lamar. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and now Kenny Pickett. We didn't know if they were going to have a quarterback over there in Pittsburgh. And it, it looks like, like I said, we don't know for sure. It's not a huge sample size yet, uh, but they could be onto something with this young man. By the way, I I like Pittsburgh. I'm, I kind of enjoy Pittsburgh. Oh, Ashley's giving me a look like... How, how could you like I just get Pittsburgh? stressed out driving there. Well, I get stressed out driving around Pittsburgh. That's fair. I think that's you and everyone in the world. Driving around Pittsburgh is not an enjoyable experience. But once you get where you're going, Pittsburgh's a nice it's a nice little place. But then you have to get back out. Well, yeah, that's true. I have gotten lost leaving that stadium. <laughs> more t- even with G- even with GPS, that's how yes. hard Pittsburgh is to get around. I will I will get lost leaving that stadium. And one time I think I ended up in like a carpool lane that I was, I'm not even sure if it was actually open. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's challenging. I've never was... actually, like, I refuse to do the drive myself. It just, it, it intimidates me. <laughs> all it right. Does. Well, we'll see if we all make it to and back from Pittsburgh this week. Um, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. We'll be back with our preview pod on Friday. Of course, our post game pod on Sunday and then next week we'll, we'll kind of get into recapping the season. We're supposed to hear from uh, Andrew Barry as well next week. So a lot coming up here on this podcast feed. So make sure to subscribe Apple podcasts, Spotify, and also you can search on YouTube, Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. Uh, get subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. And also become a football insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page for Mary Kay and Ashley. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. Everybody.